0: all right good morning everyone glad you can join us whether you are in person or online Um, and today our message is entitled ministers of reconciliation and uh, this is what God has called us towards this this uh, ministry of reconciliation we're all called to be to a certain degree ministers right at least of this, (laughs) to be ministers that can reconcile the world to him. Uh, In our intro today, I wanted to ask this question. How do you learn something new? Right? How do you learn something new? With a lot of struggle, right? (laughs) With a lot of problems usually in the beginning. And as you kind of get used to something, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new hobby, whether it's a new Uh, you know skill that you want to learn how do you get better right it takes practice right it takes time but what we're doing is this where we're constantly we start off being inconsistent and we're working towards being consistent this is this is ultimately what we're practicing towards If your practice doesn't make any sense, then you'll be constantly inconsistent. But even though you're inconsistent, if you're pursuing a certain rhythm, if you're in pursuit of a certain consistency, eventually, you'll get to a certain degree of consistency. And from there, from that consistency, you can tweak things, you can improve things, This is something, these are things that I've seen growing up, especially um, in our uh, venture with uh, Taekwondo in in my family, me and my brother. And that's something that we did a lot. And finally, you know, my brother, he owned his own school and um, got to see how he taught. And as I was doing this, we saw kids from other schools come to his school and they come in as a higher belt. But the way my brother trains, The kids at his school, they're like little athletes, so they had a hard time catching up. And though they knew more advanced kicks, because their foundation was not stable, was not there, all their advanced kicks looked very ugly and powerless. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of power behind their kicks. And this is because there was no foundation. There's no consistency in a solid foundation. When we're looking at our spiritual walk with god are we pursuing consistency right because if we're not understanding what the spiritual walk with god looks like how can you improve or how can you see that there's a problem um recently me and my son we've been throwing the baseball around he's uh taking an interest in baseball well the the thing that, I mean, he he's starting. So, you know, he wants to, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, dad, don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gonna i am give any details of our, our training, but one of the things that we've been talking about, and this is very true to even myself too, is consistency. And every time I say it to him, he says it back to me. <laughs> he's like, you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's so true, right? We need to have some type of consistency with something so that we can tweak it we can improve upon it right and really pursue a consistency that is helpful right think about it if we can consistently receive answers from god consistently receive answered prayer consistently receive grace consistently receive strength when i need it or whenever Consistently know where to find God's love. You'll be someone that is unshakable. And this is our pursuit. Today, God is saying, you're an ambassador, you're a minister of reconciliation. It's like, how? How can we get there? And it starts somewhere. It might look inconsistent in the beginning. That's okay. Because eventually, that inconsistency will turn to consistency as long as you see the direction you're going. So our first point here today is we need to be able to see beyond what we can physically see, right? Verse 16, it says this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. So what is this talking about? We regard no one according to the flesh? It's talking about this spiritual reality that we actually live in, that we are spiritual beings. And Jesus Christ came as the answer to this fundamental spiritual problem that impacts our physical world. But when Jesus came into the scene, they didn't see him according to this spiritual need that humanity had, but they viewed him only in the flesh as a teacher as a prophet, as an Elijah, or John the Baptist, or a Jeremiah, but not the Christ. They didn't see him as the true Messiah. And it says here that we once regarded him this way, but not anymore. They see that Jesus came as the Christ, one who resolved this fundamental problem of sin, separation, and Satan. No longer are we stuck here. And we need to see beyond what we see with our physical eyes. If we do, we'll go crazy. Look at the world that is around us. We recently heard about an assassination in 2022. That's crazy. Right? There's all kinds of political turmoil in the United States. That's crazy too. We live in a very crazy world right now with COVID and all the things that are happening not only here stateside, but throughout the whole world. If that's all we live by, we have no choice but to crumble. We have no choice but to be angry or anxious or all the above. We need to see beyond that. Why are we called here, right? In this United States of America, in Maryland, in right now Ashton, Maryland. Why are we here? And that's what we need to discover through not only the message, but through God's word. God, he made us into a new creation. That's what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Did I say? Okay. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So for the new to come, right, that means that we're coming from something that's old, right? But that's the thing. What is that old nature that we need to exit from, right? What is that old nature? And these are things that I talked about before, and I'll I'll go through again definitely because this is something that we really need to kind of have in our minds always is that, We were stuck in idolatry. We have to understand because we are spiritual beings, we're looking to worship something. If it is not God, then it is something or someone or some ideal, ideology, something. That is our nature. But if it's found in idolatry, we have some issues that we'll we'll face where we start to have spiritual problems where... If it's not God's voice or God's word that we're being led by, then it's going to be somebody's voice, whether it be a person or even you know the lies of Satan and sometimes it's a it's a real thing where people have different thoughts that kind of replay in their mind over and over again where they're struggling but they don't know how or what is going on or how to overcome uh, these different problems and this spiritual problem eventually becomes a mental problem, where the biggest mental problem is not, you know, the, like, bipolar depression or anything of that kind necessarily, but the biggest mental problem that we see today is there are people, so many people without peace in their heart. Doesn't matter if you're rich, doesn't matter if you're poor, the result is the same. There's no peace. (laughs) So it's like, Doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, the result is the same. What does that show us? That the problem isn't physical, the problem is very much spiritual. And this spiritual that leads to the mental problem then leads to the physical problem because when we have a lot of stress, when we have a lot of anxiety, it impacts our health. Whether we we know it or not, whether you agree to science or not. No, science says that and shows us that, right? Where when you have a lot of stress, it causes your body to really create an environment for disease to come in. And at times for even cancer to form. That's how scary stress, anxiety, all that stuff is. It impacts our health. And it doesn't just impact our health but these spiritual mental that comes from the idolatry <laughs> problems also lead to relation relationship problems as well where you look at the united states today there's so many broken families you know uh, like i mentioned earlier i i uh, worked at my brother's uh, taekwondo studio before and there are so many broken families that were there you know and in a way the, the Taekwondo studio became kind of like a family uh, for them, for many of those kids, um, both, you know, people with whole families and not. And this is a problem, you know, that we see that stems all the way from something that's very spiritual. And it doesn't end there, but we see judgment. Where heaven is a place where we will forever, for eternity, be in relationship with God. And hell is very much the opposite, where it's a place where you, we won't have a relationship with God. And sometimes I have to phrase it that way, because people think, oh, you, I can't agree to a God that will send you know, people to hell. But it's not like that, necessarily. That's not the whole picture. Do you want to be with God forever? Forever? eternally worshiping him or not that's what it comes down to between heaven and hell and unfortunately it doesn't just end with ourselves but it impacts the next generation what we hold on to doesn't just all of a sudden disappear but also it impacts the next generation through observation or through, you know, the things that we pass down to our next generation. This is what we see with our old nature. And God, he created us into a new creation so that we can really exit from this, this nature, this old nature, this old frame of living, where we don't have to follow this pattern anymore. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck in these patterns of idolatry, spiritual problems, mental problems, physical problems. If you receive Christ into your heart, judgment is not an issue or, you know, things that impacts our next generation. It doesn't mean that you have to have a kid to have this impact on the next generation. You have classes behind you, right? You have your, you know, um, people that are a few years younger than you that you set an example for. And God, he created us into a new creation to break off from this. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he has given us this way of reconciliation, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us to him so that we may carry out this ministry of reconciliation to the world. Where he doesn't count our trespasses against us. What does that mean? Does, it, does that mean that he just ignores our sin? No. It means this. Not letting sin be the obstacle, nor the excuse that we give that prevents us from receiving his grace. Right? Right? Think of it like this, Um, a lot of times when we feel guilty or, you know, there's sin that might be on our heart or on our mind, a lot of times we use that as an obstacle for us to reach God, right? Say, I'm not good enough today. I don't think God will listen to me. Or we can use it as an excuse. Ah, you know, I'm too bad, so (laughs) why even bother? And that becomes our excuse. Or on the evangelism front too, it can be an excuse not to talk to people that might be very different from ourselves. Um, I had an opportunity at Montgomery College a few years back uh, to share uh, a gospel with uh, a person that was uh, in the homosexual community. I I knew, but kind of knew, but then. Nonetheless, I shared the gospel with this person, and um, they were very nice and uh, very receptive, and uh, we got to, I got to share the gospel with this person, and you know we were kind of talking through th- these different things, and you know they were telling me you know different things that they were struggling with, and it became a great opportunity to share good news. Uh, after that meeting, uh, didn't couldn't do a follow up, couldn't meet up uh, with her, but. Um, it was good, I don't know how God will use uh, that situation per se, but if I let any you know, of those prejudices or things like that get in the way, it would have prevented even that opportunity to share the good news. If we look at Jesus and what he did, that's ultimately what he did. He ate with sinners and shared good news with them. How they are to transform or change from the inside out, that is the work of God. I can't change anybody, but I can sure share good news, you know. (laughs) And that's what's so important for us to be able to do. Not counting their trespass against them, but being able to share and be that ambassador of God. Because Christ, He entrusts this message of reconciliation to us. Verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Why would He entrust this message to us? Because it works. It's supposed to work. <laughs> but the problem is, we doubt that it works. But when we trust God with that process, we'll see these answers that stem from reconciliation take place. And this is something that we have to be able to see, right? It's not something that we do on our own, but something that God does. And this is why this conclusion is so important. We need to be reconciled. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. To be an ambassador for Christ, reconciliation is a requirement. Just like I was mentioning about that, uh, students that come from other schools that are a higher belt and come into our school, <laughs> or my brother's Taekwondo studio. It's really sad because our White belts or no belts are actually more athletic than a lot of those students that come in for the first time from other schools. And that's the thing. When we assume, I've been at this church for so many years, but never enjoyed the gospel for those 20 years, and someone that just came to know Christ for the first time, right? And really knows the taste of salvation because they just tasted it. You'll start to see like what you're missing. We need to be reconciled back to God. This is a requirement. And to start that we need honest introspection for us to be that ambassador for Christ. Because if we don't have that honest introspection, honest, being honest with ourselves spiritually and asking those qu- tough questions, why, why am I here? Why am I worshiping? Why am I at the Church of Love? Why am I in Ashton, Maryland of all cities in Maryland? And as you ask, seeking God's plan, seeking His guidance that led you up to this point. There are things that God will reveal to you that you might have never seen before. Answers to help you along the way. Answers to not only bring healing to yourself, but answers through you to reconcile people to God. That's why this blessing of reconciliation is so important so that we can stand as ministers of reconciliation ourselves. And it starts with this, finding our spiritual rhythm, right? Like we talked about in the intro, we might start inconsistently, but it's in order to become consistent, right? And it starts with our worship, it starts with a prayer, when I wake up, this is this is what I always pursue to do is just <laughs> if I if my brain is just mush, I'm just like, "Thank you God. Fill me with your holy spirit today." You know? At, at least that. And if my brain is ru- <laughs> running a little bit, you know, I try to remember the Sunday message. I know I give it, but then I need to remember it myself too. This is not just a message for you, but it's actually a message for myself as well. So as we hold on to today's message, know that reconciliation is a requirement to be this minister that God calls us to be. It's not something that we can all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm tenured here <laughs> at the Church of Love, so that should get me something, right? It's not like that, you know? Um, I mean, it's a good thing, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, but we have to s- kind of get our priorities right in in, in making that meaningful, right? Um, making our stay here meaningful, making our, uh, you know, the service that we give to serve others and to worship together meaningful. It's not just for us to be a happy church, right? But for us to, be an answer for other people that are hurting around us, that have no answers, that have no exit plan from their old nature. We are it. There is no other person that's going to come to the rescue for your field. God has called you. And that might seem very uh, scary, <laughs> very like, are you? I'm pretty sure there's somebody better than me. <laughs> But if you look at everyone in the Bible, they could say the same thing. There has to be someone better than me. But there wasn't. And I think God does that on purpose. (laughs) Because if you had all your stuff straight and together, then you don't need God. You don't need Him at all. But when you are weak, He makes you strong you have no answer but but christ so as we hold on to today's message as we continue right in this walk with god continue our faith walk yes start inconsistently that's okay but pursue consistency so that we can build upon it right keep improving our skills and keep improving our prayer lives, keep improving in ways where we can consistently access grace, consistently access answered prayer, and since consistently really have that source of wisdom to know how to talk with people that are around us, access his love so that we can love, because our love is very limited in many, many, many ways, and so we need his right? Help me to love like you, right? Kind of the words that we sang earlier as we sing Hosanna. Because we can't with our own strength, so we need his. That's how he receives the glory, and we share in his glory.